From the studios of WFAN, this is Mike on, Mike's on, Francesca on the fan on this Thursday, the 21st day of uh, November. A lot going on today. First, of course, is the uh, news about the Yankees and separating from probably the two most frustrating players that they've had uh, in a very long time. You know, the Ellsbury thing never worked out. They finally had a jettison him owing him $26 million, having paid him over $121 million. Hey, uh, Ellsbury was a really good player. He had a great year once. Really a great year. I mean, a sensational year. I thought he had an incredible amount of talent. The Yankees did too. He never could get comfortable here. He never could get healthy here. So it will go down with some of the Yankee signings that have been disastrous. We can start the litany. And if you're going to sign premium free agents and prominent free agents and big dollar free agents, there are going to be some that don't work out. It's part of the game. Even when you're the Yankees, it's part of the game. And Jacoby Ellsbury is going to be one of those guys who's long going to be remembered. The other part of it is that made it so painful was the Red Sox. So when you go and you take the Red Sox center fielder and give him a big contract, and then he doesn't do anything for all those years, it makes it more painful. So Ellsbury was a very frustrating signing for the Yankees. But I think even more frustrating than that was Bird. Because Bird came almost from central casting. I mean, he looked the part of a Yankee slugger. He looked the part of a Yankee from head to toe. It just, he just, you know, he fit the mold. And you know, at times Cashman said things like that. He was the best hitter in the organization. Uh, and you watched as there were these brief moments, whether it was spring training, whether it was the postseason of 2017, when he hit three home runs and had a 932 OPS and uh, had a couple of big doubles, had three big homers, had the Andrew Miller homer, uh, or even that first flurry that he had. But in between, there were all those freakish injuries and those slumps. You know, when he came off the hot spring training and then fouled the ball off his foot, and went six for 60 and had to go back to the minors. That, he never recovered from that. So, so many times you waited for Bird to just take off, to become that guy that we all knew he could be. I mean, in his first 500 at-bats, he had 30 home runs. He was highly productive at times, but there was woeful inconsistencies, and there were all those injuries. So as they jettison or cut loose from these two very frustrating figures for very, very different reasons, it's kind of, in a way, you know, a little bit of a passing of an era with the Yankees because you've waited a long time in each season recently, and diehard Yankee fans have always said, well, what's Ellsbury's role? What's Bird's role? There has to be a role for Bird. Well, Ellsbury is finally going to wake up. He's finally going to be back. He's finally going to be healthy. Well, it never happened. And for Bird, it never happened. And there were a lot of Yankee fans and a lot of Yankee executives and a lot of Yankee brain trusts who thought that Bird was going to be a big star. There were reasons to believe that. They didn't want to give up on that dream. 
but you finally have to, and you have to move on. And obviously they have had so many guys come since and explode on the scene in a variety of different ways, whether it's been guys exploding like Judge or guys exploding like uh, Voight or even a guy like Urshela. There's been so many different ways that the Yankees have arrived. And, of course, getting a guy like Torres and all the different things that have happened that have made it easier to accept what went on with Bird. But still, I, I, I'm sure there was, as he was let go, I'm sure there was a pang in the organization that this was one that hurt because they expected so much from this player, so much. So from that standpoint, it was a, it was a big day today. It was a... It wasn't an important day from a standpoint of you had any hopes for these guys, but it was a day that marked the passing of time because these two have been floating around the roster for years. Could never be counted on. You got to a point where you couldn't expect anything. There came a point where you didn't expect anything. And then there had to finally be an end. Ellsbury at, le- at least goes with parting gifts. He's a wealthy man. He proved himself on the highest level. Never here, but obviously he had that season in Boston where everyone always waited for that one season and it came in Boston. He'll never duplicate that season. That season was a remarkable season. And he never got anywhere near that year again. But he's a guy who has made a tremendous amount of money in baseball. Bird still has to go out. And, you know, maybe Bird's going to get scooped up by Tampa and wind up hitting 30 home runs this year. I hope it does. I hope he does. It's not a bad thing if it happens. Good for him if it happens. It might happen somewhere. He might put a year or two together. I hope he does. It just won't be here. That's just the way it is. It's just, you know, there comes a time where, you know, you, got, you need the room on the 40-man. There's new talent that you have to protect. And as to what happens with the game, there's always another kid coming down the track. That's the way sports is. There's always another prospect coming down the track. Every team, every sport. And in essence, that's what sports is about because there's always another kid that's going to arrive. There's going to be another bird. There's going to be another Ellsbury. There's going to be another story. There's going to be another star arrived. There's going to be some more heartache arrived. That's sports. But still, noteworthy today when you see Ellsbury and Bird finally, you know, exit from the Yankee uh, universe. Um. We get ready for week 12 in the league starting tonight with a, a, a pivotal game tonight. It, it's, it is a key game. These teams are right in the middle. They're right in the middle of everything. Um, they're, obviously, they're obviously tied for a division lead. They're both 6-4. and four. Uh, They both are going to obviously fight to the finish here along with Tennessee for the division title. 
they both are in a position to get the second wild card, which is going to be wide open. So you have a lot of teams that are still sitting right there. You know, Buffalo seven and three. I know Buffalo has been given no respect, but they are seven and three. But behind that, you have all these teams, and these two were prominently right there. As a matter of fact, if you ask me, one of these is going to win the division. I would give the other one the favorite to be the wild card if they stay healthy. The other thing is, I just heard Mink say, and I had not heard this story before this. I'd been out today. Garrett's uh, appeal was denied. But I gathered the story, and I don't have a copy of it. Maybe, Anthony, you can give me a copy of the story. Garrett alleged in the, from what I just heard, he alleged that Rudolph used a racial slur. Now, I don't know if that's fact or not, but let me say this. That is hard to take this many days after the incident when this guy stood at his locker after the game and said he regretted what he did and not one time brought this up. Not one time brought this up. Never said one word about this. This is the first we're hearing about this now. And I gather from what I just heard and what I could ascertain in the two seconds I had a chance before I got on the air that nobody on his team had heard one word about that. Not one word. So how are you going to take that seriously? You know, he's going to play the race card to get himself off the hook when there was not one word of that uttered anywhere in all the time since the incident. Not one word. And why wouldn't he have said after the game, if he was that angry, that that's why he did what he did, that he was that angry? Why didn't he say that when he was on camera after the game? That was the time to say it, and you would if it had happened, I think. It makes it very hard to believe it. Here's the story. Now, during an appeal... Okay... He said that, made the accusation, Mason vehemently denies the report of being accused of using a racial slur during the incident. Vehemently denies, and not one player has stated that they heard him say that to anybody that had happened. And why wouldn't you have said it when he stood in front of his locker and said, I lost it, I really regret what I did. Why wouldn't you say then, but let me tell you, here's what happened. Not one word. And you're going to, a week later, come to New York and play the race card? That is such an attack on this player, on this quarterback, that it is so unfair if it's untrue. And clearly, you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't make what he did right or any less egregious, but it kills Mason Rudolph. So he's willing to get his, some of his money back and get back on the field quicker. He's willing to if he's lying. And I think right now from what I can ascertain, he's lying because he would have said it right after the game. And he would have said it to his team. He would have said it to his teammates. And nobody says they heard one word of this before this. 
You're going to character assassination. You're going to character assassinate a player just to get some games off. Now, Rudolph's attorney, Timothy M. Younger, says, according to ESPN in his appeal, Miles Garrett falsely asserted that Mason Rudolph uttered a racial slur toward him prior to him swinging his helmet. This is a lie. This is a false allegation that was never asserted by Garrett anywhere after the game, never suggested prior anywhere to this hearing, and is conspicuously absent in his apology. I totally agree with the lawyer and doesn't get any lower than this. Not any lower than this. Because how is anybody going to believe Garrett when he waits a week to unload that bomb? And if that's what caused him to be so angry, he wouldn't mention it after the game? Not to the cameras, not to his teammates? I'm sorry, I don't believe it. I can't believe it under that circumstances. Cannot. And it still doesn't condone his actions. Would people give him a break from that standpoint? They would because they would feel that he had justifiable anger. But the bottom line is it probably didn't happen. There's no way to justify that it happened or prove it happened when a guy says, I didn't do it, and there's not one word of it stated before today. Very hard, impossible to believe. And the league didn't believe it, rightly so, and none of us can believe it. Because you would say that right after the game. When he was saying he regretted what he did, he would have stated, but here's what happened. Not one word of it. So he decides to destroy a guy's credibility. In this league, as a young quarterback in this league who has to lead players, many who are going to be African-American, you're ruining this guy's livelihood and his credibility. Man, if that's what he did to try and squirm off the hook, that is as low as it could possibly ever get. Back after this.